0: It's Murph from Jokers. I'm here in my hotel room. There's my blankie. These things are not important. Here's what is. you've made a choice to listen to the Hodgepodge podcast. Not a bad choice, my friend. You are making good decisions in life. Subscribe now and anywhere that podcasts are available. to the hodgepodge podcast the new and improved hodgepodge podcast it's your host as always d but you guys already know that and it's not really new and improved we just got a new theme song we got a new way we're doing things i'm going to explain that right here um for just a second here um because the time i'm recording i got a podcast here in a few minutes i'm trying to get as much work done as possible but i'm going to go ahead and give you this introduction for this podcast and also what's going to happen so we're going once a week um You're going to get two podcasts a week, which is just a movie review and and an interview. Um, We might change it up here in a few months and do two a week. But right now, we're just going um, every Monday when we're doing it every Monday. So there, there might now... There might be specials in between each, like when me and Big Shrimp do a collab together. That might be on a Wednesday or a Thursday. You know, like maybe like the um, simulcast or stuff like that. Or I might just keep it all once a week. I don't really know what's in store. I just know we're going back to once a week instead of twice or three or four or five times a week. Like we've been doing. Um, because we're talking to some sponsors and we're trying to get everything in order. Because we're hopefully we're going to get sponsored by a few of these people. And we're just trying to keep them... trying to keep it simple Big Shrimp once he hits um, I think in a couple weeks he's gonna be going back to uh, he's just gonna be going to one a week because now how we have you you know how we have to have the thing done for um, Big Shrimp Radio we have to put them all up at once you guys know that Um, but here's the deal when that happens it's gonna be one a week Um, there's gonna be a lot of episodes um, that we have to record because right now I'm recording a few, um, but this is this this is just precautionary, just in case something happens, just in case we're not able to do something, you know, just in case. But we're going back to one a week. Um, I think it's going to be easier on all of us uh, to go one a week. I know it'll be easier on me doing two, almost uh, doing almost three podcasts. We're going to get to that announcement pretty soon once it happens. Um, yeah. So the podcast today. Man, is it a good one today? Big Smo, or just Smo? Smo comes on the podcast, and we talk. His, we don't really. And there's one thing I regret about doing this podcast with Big Shrimp is that we didn't hit on his musical career as much as I would like to. I think we got one song in there, um, but but the thing. But it was just so perfect that you couldn't interrupt a a conversation to get into, you know, another music side of the podcast. So we talk about him signing a a a record deal with Warner Brothers and releasing "Country Living," which had this single working on it. Um, That's the song we talk about, by the way. Um, And then that leading to getting a show. And you're not gonna believe this. He drops some knowledge that nobody knows on here. So he drops a major knowledge about the TV show that nobody has ever heard before he's never told anybody until today he's told one surprising fact about the TV show that no one knew you're gonna hear that you're also gonna hear why the show ended why he decided to end it and really how it wrecked his marriage um... how his his daughters took to took to the struggle of either having a show or not having a show you're gonna hear that you're also gonna hear he's a smart guy you're just gonna hear him being a really intelligent guy like he understands he understands everything and it's weird it's really weird because he understands everything and I'm surprised he got to stay on like an hour and a half I'm very surprised that he stayed on that long um, so yeah that's the deal. That's what we're doing here. So, appreciate you guys listening in. Let's go over right now to, well, one of my favorite rappers um, besides my friend Oak Church. I can now call this guy a friend. I'm happy I can. Let's go over right now to Smo.
1: Yo, what up, Ken folk? This your boy Smo, and you're listening to the HodgePodge Podcast.
2: Hey guys, what's happening? It's Big Shrimp here. You're listening to Big Shrimp Radio with D. Hodge and also the HodgePodge Podcast. We have on the air a big smoke. Big fucking smoke.
1: What's up, (laughs) brother? Hey, you know, it's uh, not to correct you because you are right. It is big smoke. But nowadays, it's just smoke. It's just smoke, man.
3: It's just smoke. Uh, it's oh man, I fucking
2: like idiot, man. I'm sorry. All right, y'all. No, it's it's okay. just <laughs> sort of, uh, kinda of like Diddy when he was Puff Daddy dropped off the puff and the daddy just called himself P Diddy and then he dropped off the P and now he's just Diddy. Kind of like yeah.
1: Diddy. <laughs> I'm just waiting so I can transform into a symbol. Oh, okay, I got you.
4: <laughs>
1: I wonder what symbol I wonder what symbol I'll be. Well, probably the probably the shit emoji. <laughs> <laughs> nah,
2: man. Uh, like, right, first of all, we gotta identify what a smo would look like, right? Like, what could uh, be a good symbol for a smo? And then, shit, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think the shit emoji is the one. <laughs>
2: well far from shit my friend you're far from shit you're quite talented funny um a hell of an artist songwriter and i I dig your style man it's um i live in i'm a tennessee native now i live in johnson city northeast tennessee but nashville is home and uh, tennessee is that um we're like a different breed of people in a way and um you represent us quite well, and, and I want to thank you, thank you publicly for what you do, and for your art, and for uh, giving us, giving the world your art, and letting the world know that Tennessee has some badass, like, uh, uh, country hip hop up. in a way. I, mean, I love it. Yeah. So thank you.
1: Yeah, man. Hey, you're very welcome. Thank you for for listening. You know what I'm saying. Uh, because yep. without without your ears it wouldn't even be you know it wouldn't be heard so you know it's uh it's fun to make uh it's fun to make music and uh and to be creative but it's uh it's rewarding to be able to represent something like your home state and your yeah. your home people and a lifestyle that is in your blood you know what I'm saying not something that you copied from somebody else you know so for me i'm just real proud to have been able to evolve and turn out the way that i did as a human being you know what i'm saying yes. like uh, I've, I've been very blessed um to have a lot of really great people around me um, a lot of talented people that helped me express myself and helped me rein in those concepts and those ideas about our Tennessee life and like put it into a song and then to get it out to the people. So, you know, I've had, since I started doing music back in the late 90s, I've always had good people around. me. So it's, you know, I'll, I'll take the the thanks and the appreciation and then I'm going to go ahead and spread that to an entire team of people that's been with me for over the past 20 years. Uh, that has helped you know maintain and grow right. and, and develop this uh, this smoke into not just a guy, not just a rapper, but an actual household name and a brand, you know what I'm
2: saying yeah, for real man you, you yeah. definitely um, you have a brand and I love it. you you know you talk about people that's been with you for 20 years. I'm curious to know if you had any haters in the beginning and now if they've seen your success, they're trying to come at you and, you know, kick it with you. They're like, Hey man, I've been with you since day one. And you're like, no, you haven't. Like now that (laughs) people know who I am you're trying to be with me, but no, you weren't with me in the beginning. Like you ever experienced any of that?
1: Oh yeah. There's, there's always an entire list of uh, people that want to take credit for, for what you've done and, and to claim that they've been there supporting you the whole way. But as the artist, uh, uh, just as the the person, you know who's been there from day one. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, you know, a lot of, but a lot of people, you know, it's not even like day one sometimes isn't as important as yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's the guy that showed up yesterday and uh, gave it 150% and got more accomplished in that one day than somebody that's been lingering around for 20 years. So just because you've been around for that long doesn't mean you put in the work and that you've earned the credit, you know? So yeah, I've experienced that, but you know, also one thing that I've learned uh, is that people require affirmation uh, to, to just get by in life. And you know sometimes i just let it slide and i let people have their make believe affirmation because it doesn't devalue anything for me and if it does something good for somebody else to, for them to think that they were a part of something that's nah, so be it you know what i'm right. saying <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really not that big of a deal to me because at the end of the day like i know how i got where i am right now you know what i'm saying like i remember where the starting line was and I, I've still got my eyes on the finish line. I haven't even made it there yet. And like every step of my journey, I know who was there. And it doesn't, you know, it's like, uh, it's like whenever the TV show came out, man, I had so many new cousins. Ah. You know, <laughs> it's like I oh, am, yeah, man. I'm, I'm Smo's cousin. I'm like, I'm like, who said that? And they're like this guy right here, and I go over and I'm like, hey, bro you ain't my cousin. He's like, oh yeah, man, man. I'm related to, uh, to uh, oh man, what's our, you know, and I'm like, hey man, you stop while you're ahead. <laughs> you yeah, <know>? right. <laughs> stop oh, while you're yeah. still standing uh, and so while you're claiming to be my family. So yeah, it's, you know, that's just part of it, man. And the thing is, is like, as you evolve as a, as a person, um, especially in an industry like the entertainment industry, you, you, it's it's kinda like picking your fight. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have to yeah. choose what to get your panties and a wad about. And sure. over over the past probably five years I have um, I have really grown in my own head to where little things just don't bother me anymore. You know? Yeah, right.
2: I I love what you said that you know your eyes were still on the finish line. You're not there yet. Like, you know, you've not arrived. You're still grinding. You're not satisfied, you know, because uh, for real, satisfaction and complacency, it, it leads to stagnation and stagnation leads to death. So the fact that you keep on uh, evolving and growing and learning and grinding,
1: I love it, man. I love it, man. I'm I'm 43 years old and I, I work harder. I work harder today than I did yesterday. Yeah. And tomorrow I'm probably going to work harder than I did today, which is probably going to stress me out thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, there's, you, you hear all kinds of things, man. And you know, going back to what I said, I, you know, I'm 43 years old. A lot of people love to just talk shit about that. Like, wow, oh, man, you're a 43 year old rapper. Like, yeah, I don't, Control time.
4: Shit,
1: right. 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 Nor, oh, who, who, who are they? Nor, though, did I right? Have, right. Who the hell are they? Nor did, I have, nor did <laughs> I have a choice on when the fuck I was born. Right. Uh, so those two things are completely out of my fucking hands. The one thing that does remain fact is that after 20 years of busting my ass, right. I'm still busting my ass. And I can't wait to see where some of these motherfuckers are, that are just starting out now talking that forty year old shit are at yeah. when they're in their like fucking late twenties or their thirties. I'd love to see I can't <laughs> wait to see who fucking maintains the longevity of the hall. You know what I'm saying? It's That's like oh, mate, you're forty three years old, you're still rapping? Yeah, motherfucker, I'm still rapping circles yeah. around you
2: yeah exactly yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. Uh, that's it man that's it it's like longevity it's like who the fuck is you I, yeah. I mean, and I you know what it is as soon as they uh, burn out they're like "No, nah, I'm done I ain't getting nowhere and they're gonna be like yo man there's, there's SMO. Uh, my Smo my cousin Smo my boy Smo yeah my boy who like, oh, the fuck hey, is SMO. you man 36 so years
1: old and still rapping man I just <laughs> turned 30 and I'm <laughs> I'm working <laughs> at uh, <laughs> Nissan you know what I'm saying right, welding right. doors Okay. And, you know, but, and, and that's just the thing. It's like, uh, you know, I don't really give a shit what other people say, right. man. I'm to the point in my life where, dude, I've done so many things and I've accomplished so much and you can take my, uh, my career completely out of the equation. You right. can just put on the board that I've survived 43 years and that I've raised three grown ass daughters, you know what I'm saying? Right you can just put that on the table and I'll call myself successful. But if right. you want to throw my career in the mix, like I'm, I've done it all. You know what I'm saying? so right. like success has just been like just part of it. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the funny thing, and I was telling some people this the other day, they were asking me, I was like, man, what do you, how do you feel about being famous? And I was like, ah, famous is kind of a a weird word because you don't, you don't set out to really be famous. What you set out to do is be successful and famous, just a byproduct of the success from the hard work that you set out to accomplish. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Fame being famous. That's, that's some made up shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I would rather you look at me and say, man, Smo's really successful rather than say "Smo's famous because right. the only thing that I've done is accomplish my goals. And in doing so it's created some sort of a persona that when people see me, they, they connect my level of success with my visual presence. And then they say that's being famous. God dang, so yeah. it, it's like, man, really famous. Isn't a real thing. That's just some made up word. What it is, is like being very successful at working towards your goals. That's what it is. So I had to explain that to, uh, to a teenager the other day and it looked like you would have thought that I had lobsters crawling out of my face the way that they uh, were looking uh, at me. They were like, oh my yeah. God, I thought I thought being famous was everything. And I was like, nah, <laughs> it's not even real. Yeah, like, yeah, being yeah rich, yeah. Being rich and famous is the last thing you want to aim for. You know what I'm saying? Like what you want to aim for is being happy, successful, and having positive people around you. Like that right. Is a level of accomplishment. Like, that's an accomplishment that most people don't really get to achieve.
2: I love that. You know, a lot of people, you're right, people that um, are chasing fame and fortune, they chase it all their lives and never get it. But people that grind and want to be successful and want to, you know, uh, do the right thing, those are the people that often, more often than not, fame hunts them down. They're the ones that people are knocking on their door asking, Yeah, hey, you want to come do this and this and this, but not the other way around. People that just want it never did it. So Exactly. Oh, you're right.
1: And Go you
2: ahead, know, it's, it's, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's all oh, good. Huh? I'm
1: just saying these are the kind of things that like, you know, are really that are really important for me to share with younger people, upcoming artists, you know what I'm saying? Like because if you get it in your head early in the game that fame and fortune are not what you're chasing after then you can be more open to like like let's for instance the reason why there's so much hate in this industry is because everybody's fighting for the fame spot you know what i'm saying right and you, they they think that in order to be famous you have to be at the top Some sort of make-believe totem pole, you know what I'm saying? But when you stop aiming for fame and you start aiming for success, it opens up your mind to be more collaborative with other people that are in the same mind space, and that is where you get more reward, you know what I'm saying? Because that's when you find out that legends can coexist. And they can collaborate with each other. I mean, look at Kanye and Jay Z. There
4: you have right? it,
1: right? You know I'm saying. I mean, look at uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Save the throne or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, and before that's that,
2: Jay Z and uh, R. Kelly too, years ago. Yeah.
1: So it's like you know when you when you move into that executive mindset, that Jay Z state of mind, that's when you start. You're not in it for like. like Jay Z, he's already past fame and fortune. You know what I'm saying? Like right. now, it is right. now it is about life experience and ma- and leaving the legacy for your 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 name, your your brand. You know what I'm saying? So yes. that that's where I've found myself lately uh, in a place where I've evolved to that mind state and just being in that state of mind. Uh, and, and letting that be my uh, my reality, um, you know, what I'm saying that's or, or letting that that be uh, what's real to me. That that's made my reality like a, a dream place that I'm at right now. <clears throat> it's really, it's a really good place to be.
2: I love it, man. It's good to know you're in a good state of mind, for real. Um,
1: yeah, I, whenever I learned that your perception controls your reality then all you have to do is be able to shape your perception. If right. you perceive yourself as a good person, then you're usually going to feel like a good person. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if, you, if you do good things and you radiate that and you see yourself as a good person, then you're always going to feel good. But if you're like a fucking straight hater or you're, you're doing negative things in order to achieve a positive status in your life, then yes. your reality is going to be that you're a bad person. You know what I'm saying, and that's going to you're going to re- reflect that. So, I, I really, I really wish a lot of people out here, especially in this industry, could learn these things because it would make, um, it would make it an easier place to coexist with people. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. But man, it's really tough out here. <laughs> it's a lot of hate.
2: Yeah, man, for real. I mean, you're, you're preaching, man. You're preaching some straight-up wisdom. And uh, if folks need a – if they're, anybody listening to this and you're not with it with it yet, you're not getting it, definitely exactly. take you, take <laughs> you to uh, Smo's advice. Um,
1: yeah, you know, for your own, own happiness. Not for my – I mean, it's not for my game.
4: No, no. I try no.
1: to tell people, you know what I'm saying, like, you really got to right. control – you really have to control your life, man, because that's how you control the outcome. Uh, you know, we're all we're all aiming for like happiness, you know, everybody wants to be happy. Nobody wants to wake up and say, "Man, I hope I have a shitty day today." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, but you have to maneuver in a way that reflects positivity in order to be a happy person. Like if you're constantly going around here and you're you're trying to tear people down, like there's no way for you to move into a good space in your own life you know what i'm saying yes yes it's, be
2: impossible. it's
1: impossible. All right, but Hodge, so, go ahead All right, my fault yeah, well, I'm I, sorry
2: bro i'm just trying i,
3: mean, uh, I want hard to run <laughs> <laughs> well man um i just got a, a some questions here um that i want to some notes i want to go over so you started back in like i think it was 98 97 somewhere around there and then in 2002, that's when you, re- you released your first album called Country Kitchen. Well, you released these independently pushed albums until around 2014, that's when you struck a deal with Warner Brothers, and then you released the album. W- one of your better albums, man. One of your greatest albums of country living. Um, and, and, and along that same year, you got the TV show Big Smoke on A&E. Was that... How did, what came first, the record deal or the TV show? Because I'm going on memory here. I think during the TV show, you were getting a record deal. But I, I obviously uh, know it's TV, so TV could be
1: kind of persuading a little bit. Right, right. Yeah, no, we had uh, we had gotten a record deal first. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Actually, before the record yes. deal, I got my pub deal with Sony ATV. So I caught the pub okay. deal with Sony. Uh, and that locked me in there. And then I got the, uh, the record deal with Warner. <laughs> and yes. Then, Well, even before I got the record deal with Warner, I got signed to APA. I was uh, the first country rap artist to be signed to a major uh, booking agency. So it was uh, Sony, APA, Warner. And then most people don't know this, but the first TV deal was with VH1. Oh okay, and, yeah. So VH1 shot my first uh, sizzle reel, and they it was terrible. Like they completely wow. missed the entire idea that we had, and they tried to turn us into like some backwood redneck idiots. You know what I'm saying? Right. So when we watched the sizzle, I was like, "Oh hell no, that's not gonna cut it." Uh, mm-hmm. So I was like, "Okay." Uh, what's next? And then CMT reached out and they said, "Hey, we want to take a stab at this." So they did the same shit VH1 did and made a mess out of it.
0: And we mm-hmm. were like,
1: "Nah, nah, we're not working with y'all." So yes. after both of those, we realized that <clears throat> we realized that we couldn't let a production company write our story. So. We had some people at A and E that were already interested, and we reached out to them. We said, "Look, both of these networks have failed miserably, and it's because they're writing the story. You need yes. to let us. You need to let us write the story." So, A and E agreed to let me and my manager at the time both be the writers of the Smo Show. So. Okay what he he wrote everything and it was real easy because all I did was I worked off of my live calendar so I had a calendar we were busy as hell already because we were cutting the album for Country Living. we were on the back end of it uh we were uh because we released the album when the TV show came out right. where he was at, like the TV show as a big ass commercial to promote the album so mm what we did is we were on the back end of filming out al- or recording the album and we started working on the TV show with A&E their sizzle reel was on point so we used that kind of like as episode 1 and like right. we just started we started topping it up Now we did the whole season first season uh and released the album and then uh i started working on the EP bringing it home yes and and then we started working on the second season. And then sec- then I that's when I had my open heart surgery. Okay. And then second season aired. I left Warner Brothers. No. Second season aired. And then I dropped We the People. Right. After the We the People album, I left Warner Brothers. To go back to being independent because I wasn't going to do the TV show anymore. After the second season, me and my family, we just decided like that was a wrap. We're not doing that shit no more. So can I,
3: can I interrupt you for a
1: second and ask? Yeah. Was,
3: was it just because I don't want to bring another reality star into it? But I remember Rob Deerick used to have a show called Robin Dig, and he would yeah. He, yeah. he did an interview once, and he was like, I had six bedrooms, and I only had. Unlimited my of space. He said, "I had this big house, this big two-story house, had six bedrooms. I was only confined in my bedroom because the, you know, the camera people had this room. The production crew had this room. Is that kind of what it was for you, or was it just like, okay, this TV thing
1: is not for me?" No, it was it was the production. Like I'm I'm on fire in front of the camera. You know, what I'm doing? right? But yeah. At the time, my daughters were see my oldest daughter was a sophomore. My youngest daughter was like in the sixth grade. Yeah. So they were, they were still, you know, to me, babies. Right. <laughs> I was, uh, I was with the absolute most toxic. I was in one of the most toxic relationships that I had ever been in, mm-hmm. uh, with the girl that was on the TV show. Right. Um, yeah. Very toxic relationship. And, uh, which, as soon as, you know, we were we were only married for 20 months, you know what I'm saying, and then we were divorced. So, uh, complete nightmare of that. And it was just, like, a lot of bad stuff, you know what I'm saying? Open-heart yeah. surgery. Uh, like, the open-heart surgery happened right there after we filmed the second season. A uh, lot of stress, man. Like, that shit damn near killed me. Yeah. I I can, I, I can only imagine, because you see... Like Hulk Hogan
3: said it, or, or did it best, you know, Hogan knows best. He just kind of, his family fell apart because of the TV show. And I think that's kind of where these people sign up for. They think it's going to be cool, but in the long
1: run, it actually cost them everything they had. Yeah, because nobody is prepared for what they right. expect from you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not yes. just a couple of people with cameras. It's 23 people that are in your house from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. six days a week. They got yeah. two trailers. They got two full size trailers, not that you pull behind a vehicle, but trailers that people live in. In my field out here, that's their production office. You know, <laughs> my, my kids are being yanked out of school every other day so they can film scenes. So there was oh. at, at one point, my daughter's graduate, my daughter being held back because of the TV show was something that was brought up by the school. Oh. It, Soon as that was mentioned, my daughter was done. She's yeah, like, that's I'm, a, I'm done. She's like, "There's yeah. no way that I'm going to let this affect me graduating with the people that I've been in school with my whole life." She's like, "I'm I'm out." So yeah. that and like, man, it was just you know, like on top of all of that, two seasons is fucking enough. Yeah, no, because any more than that, you're going to start forcing and faking and then people then people are gonna say the same shit that they said about duck dynasty after season nine yeah you know what i'm saying at that point they're tired of looking at you you know (laughs) right they're like man this shit right here is so fake and this shit's so phony so like to get the real reality shit about two seasons is a, is all that most people's existence has to offer Hollywood. No, that's, yeah. you know what
2: I'm saying? And, and it's so how and, can I, how can I miss you if you don't leave? And uh, yeah, like yeah. the
1: only way that you're going to stay in love with me is if I bounce, Right. because if I stick around, you're going to wind up hating me. Man, and that, that was a tough, that's a tough reality, man.
4: Uh, you know what I'm is. saying?
1: Like, and nobody thinks about that. And, the other thing is like, man, the TV show put a put a, a cloud over me that I have yet been able to blow away because as long as I'm not doing a TV show on a reality show that millions of people are watching, then I'm never going to be as good as I was to society as I was then. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's number one question, man, what happened to your TV show? When are you going to be back on TV, man? We watch your TV show all the time. I'm like, yo, it was only 20 episodes, right? right. Yeah. What do you <laughs> and mean? It was- you- and it was five years ago. So yeah, if you watch my TV show all the time, you uh, got mental problems. Uh, <laughs> 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 you need to move. You need to move on.
4: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Like, and hey, I'm I'm very happy that it was a good TV show and people loved it. But it was never anything that we really wanted to, like, be stuck in. You know what I'm saying? It was only supposed to be there long enough to get everybody's attention and say, hey, listen to this. And then once they listen to the music, that was the whole point of the TV show, was to get everybody looking at the music and then hearing the music and then saying, Holy shit, I didn't even know there was such thing as country rap. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like a plug inside of another plug. Yeah, man. And look what it did for the genre. Oh it 100%, blew percent. Up. yeah, man.
4: It, it blew, up. blew yeah.
1: Nobody wants to give it that credit, but I know the fucking T V show put country rap on the map. No, nah,
2: there's no doubt about oh, it because yeah. there's a lot of people that uh, are only exposed to, they only know mainstream country or mainstream rap, but they don't know that fusion of the perfect domination of the two. And Uh, it's so cool, man, once they get it, I mean, so I'm curious about you and the show, you know, once you got onto the show, um, how much creative freedom did you have or how much was up to the directors and producers?
1: Well, as far as like the, The story, as long as we wrote the story, that's what was being filmed. Now, what they took, what they took, and this is how it happened. Production crew here on the farm films everything, takes it into that trailer. They hand it off to this dude that i never really spoke to. He then downloaded that on the hard drive and then went to FedEx and went FedEx the hard drive to Hollywood.
4: Oh, wow. Then.
1: Right. Hollywood would get these hard drives with all this raw footage on it. And then they would get our story that we wrote to go along with it. They would then sit there without us. We would never be a part of this process and edit all that shit together and rub all that Hollywood on it. And then the next time we would see it, it'd be on TV. Right. Right. Yep. And that's, how'd you all, like that? that's where the control, the control for us was in the front end where we controlled what was filmed, what wasn't filmed. You know what I'm saying? Right. And how did so, you so, like that? It was great. Like, I was cool with it because, I mean, shit, I ain't never had Hollywood put their hands on my shit before. True. I yeah. had just yeah. had a, you know, I just filmed. You know my own music videos in my backyard. You seen kicking it in Tennessee? Like <laughs> yeah. we did, we did that ourselves with a with a handy cam. So yeah, for for me, and I had a a huge passion for film and television. I wanted to see what Hollywood looked like with with our yeah. background. So you know, we let them do that shit, and because we couldn't do that, and then you know, the TV show turned out the way it did, which was. It was it was cool to see what they did with it as far as on production wise, you know. Right.
3: You know, I want to talk about your music um, for a little bit. So take me back to 2014. Keep the TV, TV shows running. I don't want to stick on TV show because I know you probably don't like talking about it all the time. Nah. I'm just I'm just trying to make it into like a, a you can a, an illustration. The TV show's yeah. going strong. Country Living comes out. Your lead single comes out called Working. Play a little bit of that big strength, and we can get and talk about that.
2: All right. Is that cool with you, Smoke? Play a clip of your song. Oh, yeah. All
3: right. Yeah, go ahead. Here we go. Money in the mason jar, country boy, bitch, and old lady, three kids, take a
1: lot to fill the kitchen. Bring the nails dirty, my back stay hurting. You can bet I got a plan for every penny that I'm earning. I ain't asking for a raise, but I know the boss serving Nobody on his job site's working like I'm working 30 below to 100 degrees. You ain't pushing hard enough, and your hands don't bleed. I'm the first to clock in and the last to leave. And I ain't never had a problem rolling up my sleeves of this moment time. I'll boost up because
0: I knew it was going to be a long day. Tie my truck up, grab my coffee, kiss my baby, got on my way. Because I'm working till it's
1: hurting, and that's the only way to make an honest day is You are working, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, we were definitely clocked in.
3: <laughs> you know, I got a question about that because you have been an independent rap musician, a you know, country rap musician. Being independent I means you can use whatever you want to use, put whatever you want to put in there. So when you were signed to Warner, were there anything where they were like, okay, you can't have X amount of cussing, you can't have X amount of, you know what I mean, like
1: sexual innuendo? Did that ever occur with that song or just that album? No, the only song that Warner ever really pumped the brakes on was uh, a, a song that I just released on my new album, and I've I've been sitting on it for that long. And it was because it was, they felt like it was too sexual. Okay. Yeah. So, but they never really, they never really pumped the brakes on creativity. Uh, And I never, right. Like whenever they did throw that complaint at me, I never really dawned on, like I didn't really worry about it. I just kept it moving. You know what I'm saying? Put that song back in my catalog, and I told myself, I said, well, I'll just save this for later in life, which I did.
2: Nice. And so, uh, that song or your style, you know, everything about you, Smo, is, uh, is so unique that I don't think anybody can be impartial to you. People that know you either love you or they hate you, right? And it, yeah, I mean it's
1: a, it's a definitely a love. Some some people love and hate me at the same time. It's really <laughs> weird.
2: But so yeah, so being a polarizing character or a polarizing person as you are, um, I, how do you balance? You know, trying just to stay real and stay who you are, and you know, just such a haters. hate? how do you handle it?
4: Uh, it's kind of
1: uh, it's kind of fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially as I explained earlier, the state of mind that I'm in nowadays, um, I don't really let anything get to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. let me just say it like this: If you're hating on me, then you're talking about me, which means I'm doing something right. You know what I'm that saying? Uh, so it just let it's really just some affirmation for me that whatever I'm doing, it's working because it's got people's attention. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be uh, people that, that love what you do, especially if you really craft your art well. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah, you sure. know who your audience is, and you handcraft art for them. You're always going to have people that love you. But to have people that hate you, that really takes some internal fucking passion. Like, right. to hate people... Right. You have to really love someone to hate them. Oh, you know, like, sure, 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 you really got to give a fuck about somebody to hate them. It's almost like um, Kanye said it best. You know what I'm saying? I thought about killing you today. And I yeah. I, I love myself way more than I love you. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I'm saying? I thought about killing myself today. So best believe I thought about killing your motherfucking ass. You know, so you got to really, you got to give a fuck about somebody somewhere inside for you to, for you to even take the time out of your day and to take the misdirection from your goals to talk shit about somebody. Like you really have to somewhere inside, give a fuck about them. So the, it's a psychological thing that most people can't wrap their head around that when they're hating on somebody that it's really just, it's just, a different version of passion that you have for that person. Otherwise, why would you take your time to fucking talk about it?
2: Man, that's powerful. Yes. That's power. And I love it. You know, and,
1: and you know, so man, my haters, my haters are my best, uh, supporters, you know, no, that's oh, it. 100%.
2: because if they're talking about you, Hey, they're taught talk- that's, that's advertisement, dude. Even if yeah. they say you I mean, fucking suck and somebody's never heard of you, they're like he sucks. Yeah. Then go will check you out. Right. And there you go.
1: Who is this dude that sucks? And then when they listen, they're like, "This doesn't suck at all. This exactly. is fucking amazing." And then I have a lifelong fan because they were talking shit at so, that. Uh, yeah, right. Amazing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's 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 justice, man. It's beautiful, but but I. Like, so, you got to worry I do worry about. It? Oh, sorry, but no, no. But I'm, I'm just gonna say what you how got to worry about is if. Uh, when folks aren't talking at all, when they just are silent, they
1: don't care anymore. Yeah. That's when you know you're dead in the water, Yeah, you know, but, and it's, you know, it's, it's all good, man. A lot of people, um, you know, when dealing with that passion of hate, they don't understand, they don't even understand why they do it. You know what I'm saying? It's just an uncontrolled human reaction to, you know, some sort of an emotion, that they're having trouble with. So, you know, it's just, it's like dogs growling at each other. You know what I'm saying? It's really just, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter.
3: <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> big, big Trip, I want to tell you, and I also want to tell all our listeners, and also Big Trip, uh, uh, Big Small, I want to tell you as well. A couple of years ago, the this, this, this show was going strong, Country Living was out. You came to, close to where I you came to a pedal Mississippi. you might not remember it was so long ago. But you played at this, this park and you look at big smoke and you're thinking this is a behemoth of a guy there's no way this guy can be nice me say for he met every single person that wanted to meet him after the show gave a loving warm welcome signed whatever they wanted to sign took as many pictures as they wanted to take and you know man i have met a lot of people and not a lot of them do that that are in your situation so i commend you for that and also it it was just, it was a cool thing, you know, thinking there's no way, you know, you're going to meet this guy. And then next thing you know, he's coming over to his shirt booth, you know, he's coming over to his, to his merchandise table and he's saying, okay, I'm here to sign whatever you want, take as many pictures, but as long as you take a picture, sign it and leave, you know, like don't, don't keep hanging around. So
4: <laughs> I commend you on
3: that. I, I really do appreciate that. I still have the picture hanging up on the wall and I still have the autographed t-shirt that you sign.
1: So I really am grateful. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I do that at every show. There's not a show um, that I don't go out to the merch table. And hell, now I go out even before I go on stage. Yeah, and I do this. I do this when people first come in because uh, my girlfriend, she's out on tour with me. And she's my merchandise manager. So for me to just go ahead and clock in with her when they open the doors, and we take we facilitate most everybody. Before the show, and then I go to the table after the show. If they want to talk about the show or like share their experience, get another. Yeah. I don't care if they've been through the merch line three or four times, man. If they're coming back through, I'm going to take another picture with them. If that's what they yep. want, sign something else. Like <clears throat> to, for me, traveling the distance to get to the venue to do the show—that's just that's just part of it. Standing at the merch table and getting to know the people that actually give a fuck about what I'm saying, that's where the reward is for me. So going to the merch table and meeting these people and then, you know, giving them that experience, the same thing that you're talking about, where maybe they've watched the show or they've seen the music videos and they're like, man, there's no way I'm going to be able to meet this guy. And then, you know, then you watch me pull 10 kids up on stage and let them close the show out with me. And then I'm at the merch table, and then you're like, "Holy shit!" I can't, you know, like that's the reaction that I'm looking for, because that's where yeah. the reward is. You know what I'm saying? That's where you get those lifelong yeah. fans, making dreams happy, Be-
2: man. I-, I respect that.
1: But anybody Be- that doesn't, anybody that doesn't do it is missing out. You know what I'm saying? It's not. Yeah. It's not that they're gaining something by not doing it. They're missing out by not making themselves available. Right. Big if I want to tell you something. Me and
3: you we, we, we love barbecue. Let me tell you something. This guy had this bar was, I don't know if it was a barbecue sauce, it was some kind of sauce and it was called slow mud. Let me tell you something. Meat yeah. meat mud. A,
1: what was it? Meat mud. Meat mud, that's wow. right. Yeah. I'm sorry. i sorry, i I got that wrong. But nah, it's uh um, it's, it's a barbecue sauce that we've been uh we've been selling for I don't know probably about six years now. But do you still sell it? Yeah, yeah, I got cases okay. in the house. Oh, shit, okay. man, where can you D- order D- some from? D- uh, you, can, you can only get it on tour, only at the merch table. For real? Yo, it's an exclusive item you can only get at a smoke show. Damn, dude, man, where you going to be at? <laughs> <laughs> got
2: to
3: go
1: check out them tour dates. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. D- Big
3: shrimp, let me tell you. Let me tell you what it tastes like. I, I bought, it's not, it's, well, when I bought it, it went, it was like five bucks, I think. And when I got it, I tasted it. It, it has like a a sour, sweet, like, like kind of like a sweet and sour sauce that hits you with that tangy barbecue taste. If, that, if that's a fair enough analogy, of what that's I remember from
1: like five yep. years ago. Oh, you nailed it. That's it right there. Wow. It's the perfect blend of the sweet, the spice, and the tangy. Yeah.
4: That Big Smo, uh, I,
3: I, I got something for you here. You said that you, you get asked all the time about TV shows and about this and that. But I want to ask you a quick question here. What is something that you've never been asked to talk about that you would just love to be asked to talk about?
1: Um, That's a good one. Um, no, is, nobody nobody ever that. wants to talk to me about uh, movies.
4: Uh, okay,
3: man. Let's talk, yeah. let's
1: talk. about movies. I'm a movie. I, nerd. Yeah, I'm a movie nerd. I'm a movie
3: nerd. Uh-oh. So, what what are some of your favorite movies of all time?
1: Uh, let's see. Of all time, shit. Um, let's see. I'm I'm a big first of all. I'm a big horror movie fan. So, Me too. in the in the genre of movies, let's just stay with horror movie. Uh, in the the um. Uh, the uh, brand, um, let's just go. I'm a big Halloween fan. Um, okay. And then, so out of the Halloween's, I'd say one and two definitely were my favorite, the originals. Um, yeah. Did, did you watch the new one that just came out probably a couple of years, probably one or two years ago, like Jamie DeCook, old foreman? I did, but I was in a real different state of mind when I watched it at the theater. Okay. And I need to revisit that, but I did watch yeah. it, and I don't remember being really uh, impressed. Now, yeah, uh, Rob some- one and two was yeah, and very very rewarding. I want to give you
3: a little information because I was just notified. I had a movie podcast on my podcast, um, and they were. I asked them if they were confused as I was on the new Halloween about how all of a sudden, Jamie the Curtis never had a son when she had one in like H2O or something like that. Right. And they told me that they took two through however many else they made. They took those out. You're just supposed to watch Halloween 1 from like 1970, uh-huh. the 8th or the like that, to and 2018. Two. <laughs> so you're supposed to watch those back to back and it's supposed to be a reoccurring story. So like, she never went to the hospital. He never stopped her. Nope, apparently none of it ever happened.
1: Yeah, the downside of that is that H two O is so fucking good. Oh my god, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I've that's out. That's one of my favorites. With fucking oh, is that Josh Hartnett? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that his her? Yeah. Is her son? Yeah. That's the fucked up thing is that that was one of the best like side ones that they had with fucking. It had LL Cool J in it. I mean, come on, yeah. man, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Like you're talking about one of the dopest cameos. And, uh, and having, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis back in it and Josh Hartnett, like that shit was off the chain. I love the shit out of it. Yeah. And the way that they shot that one, like the color and everything, I remember being so impressed with the color of that movie. Like the way that they, they, uh, they finished that movie. Um, the coloring on it, the color correction was phenomenal. Mm -hmm.
3: Let's see, uh, Big Tramp. I'm, I'm going to
1: get that. I don't want to take over the podcast. I'm sorry. Um nah, go ahead, man. You're, you're what, a movie guy. What, go ahead. what? What's the last movie you saw in theaters that you remember? That uh, movie. Let's um, let's see. I, theaters. I just went and watched. Uh oh, I watched Pulp Fiction in uh, Colorado two weeks ago. Okay. We went to uh, Pulp Fiction. Yes. Because my girlfriend had never seen it all the way through. She's only seen it, like, up until the last scene, and then something happens, we have to stop watching. So they had a, yeah. a, the dinner theater we went to in Colorado where they acted out uh, some of it on stage while you watch okay. it. So, oh, nice.
2: I've never seen it. Was it was dope. Oh, uh, so dope. Yeah, I've tried to see it. So, yeah, it's on but, my bucket list. It's one of those I want to watch. I've never watched it. But... but but
1: the latest that I've watched on Voodoo that I'd like to mention is Midsummery or Midsummer. How was that? Because
3: I've seen the trailer for it and dude, it looks stupid. I'm not going to lie, they were fit, but it looked stupid to me. How was
1: it? Was it worth Man, watching it for a horror film fan? It's not a horror film. It's a psychological thriller. Oh, okay. The, the trailer was very impressive to the point to where I wanted to dedicate an entire evening to watching this movie. And I did. And at the end of it, me and my old lady were both like, that kind of sucked. Really? Just uh, just the story. How it was shot, the shot value, like every single aspect about it was fire. Like so fire. But the story was missing so many like important plot points to like really tie it together. The story seemed so vague that it left mm. a lot of things like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? But the yeah. way it shot, the uh, location, the cast, like everything was so fucking dope, man. It's just the story was too vague for me. It needed more detail. Right. Are you but, are you a
3: superhero fan by any chance?
1: Or anything like in that nature, like the Avengers, Spider Man, or anything like that. I'm not into. I don't. I've never watched okay. any of the Star Wars, and I'm not. Yeah, I me mean, either. Heroes. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I either like real. I like either raunchy comedies or horror movies. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> and, and to comedies. me, those,
1: the best raunchy comedies. Those are
3: to me the best raunchy comedy actors. In my opinion, would be like Will Ferrell, Jim Carrey, Ben Stiller, and Owen Wilson. In my yeah, book, all those Owen, guys. From, those are my favorite. Like, I love feeling uncomfortable, kind of like the office where you like you got Michael Scott where he steps on like the the Gary the Gary Coleman or whatever it was called the, the grill and just the snow bacon. and the awkwardness of that episode was just like I love that
1: stuff. I love the awkwardness. Yeah, man i I love I love film a lot, and you know in my in my stage of life right now, it feels like that's where I kind of want to evolve to. I've written a couple of like rough, rough, not really scripts, but definitely, definitely like the the full on stories, and I've got some really great ideas. Yeah. So I'd love to see that be where I take my future. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. And and it would probably be more rewarding to me than just doing music because you still get to incorporate music in the film by doing the score. Um, so I think it would be the best of both worlds for me. I'd like to see my future wind up in the film industry.
2: All right. Yeah. yeah right. I'm, I'm going to follow up on that. So, um, let's say some dude with an ass load of money comes up to you and says, Hey man, I want to do this movie. I want it, um, to be professional. The, um, shot well be presented well we're gonna put a lot of promotion behind it but i'm gonna let you pick uh what kind of film do you want to shoot what kind of character do you want to have what is the most yeah. fantasy uh fantasy movie
1: we're gonna shoot my movie the shiner which is a horror movie okay and okay yeah okay. so i've got the whole movie written out and it's so dope and i get the cameo in it as well
3: yeah, I, I wouldn't give any details in the case somebody that's listening, they're going to take that idea. No, 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 I wouldn't, no, say no, no I wouldn't ask for the
2: details. I was just asking what kind of movie. Oh, so, okay. so you wouldn't want to star. You just want a cameo.
1: Yeah, no, I don't want to star in that. Well, I take that back. If t- Today I was actually thinking about the movie, and I decided that if I could play the role of the adult Shiner, because okay. you never actually see him, See it safe, face, then I would play. I would play that. Ooh, ooh, man, that sounds okay. intriguing. <laughs>
3: yeah, and you kind of, of want, want to be behind the scenes, behind the camera, telling everybody, "If you go here, you go
1: there." Yeah, I could be in both both places. I work okay. really well in front and behind the camera. Like it's it's not hard for me to like jump right. behind the camera and say, "Okay, this is the shot that we're going for," and then step in front of it and say, "Action!" and then me act out the part. Like that's what sure. I that's what I started doing back whenever I was doing my own music videos, because clearly I couldn't be the one holding the camera. You know what I'm saying? If they were filming me, I right. one of my homeboys that doesn't know shit about filming at the time. And I'm like, yo, hold this camera, point it at me, make sure you don't cut my head off and <laughs> don't focus on like my, my feet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, you know, I got my homeboy. He was he was on the TV show, uh, JJ. He would uh, yeah. be over here, and he I'd be like, "Here, hold the camera, film this." And now JJ is filming. He just filmed like a fucking Ford uh, truck commercial, and he's doing wow. some uh, a reality show in Nashville. And he's been out on tour with Jelly Roll, doing photos and video for him and Bubba Sparks, and oh, some wow. stuff with Yellow Wolf with his Creek Water. So. I mean, that, that kid started in my backyard holding the camera, uh, filming, you know, my videos for me. And then we'd take that shit, take it inside, put it on the computer and edit it up. And, you know, we were doing all that shit ourselves. So the ability yeah. to film, edit, and color, effect, and and export, you know, to a finished product, that's very, very doable for me. Yeah. Is Hayden,
3: is he still in your band?
1: No, no. Hayden's been out of the band for uh, for probably like three years now. Okay, okay. Yeah, he, he got out and got into. I think he was driving Uber, okay. and then okay. he got he got married, or he started doing some like event coordination. And he got real big into that, and then he got married. Nice, right? Yeah. So you, I don't want to jump, jump at the
3: subject, but you have a new book. Yeah. it's inspiration for writing
1: this book because that's one reason why you're here to promote is your book. You're here to promote your book. Yeah. Yeah. The book is out. Um, the, the book was, uh, the book was very therapeutic. Um, you know what I'm saying? Imagine putting your, your timeline down and then going back and reminiscing on every year of your right. life, the highlights of it and the, the downfalls and the struggles and the, good times and you know the people and it's just like there's a lot in 43 years there's a lot and uh, did you ever think you'd
3: be writing a book
1: at 43 because when when people are like you wrote a book at 20 something you
3: know because I've written one and they're like you've written one at 20 years old I'm like you know I never pictured I'd be writing a book at 20 but I've had a lot happen to me in 20 years that I can have big enough for a book you know I figured you know maybe at 70 you'd have at least 700 pages but you know at 20 or even 43, you, you do have a good, you know, a, a good
1: enough story to tell. Well, you know, it, just being here to, to still tell my story right. was the motivation. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. that after having the, the close call scare with the open heart surgery, that's when you, you know, you kind of realize you're like, have I told my story? And then you're like, I don't think I told my story. I definitely yeah. re- don't want to. Somebody else telling my story after I'm not here uh-huh. to like to back it up right. or to correct it. So it was more like my, le- you know, it's like leaving your legacy. Your story is really, your life is really all you have while you're here. And what you did is your story. So if you're able to like tell that and leave that behind, and whether that entertains, inspires, pisses off, you know, whatever it does emotionally to the reader. Like, that's the point. You know, leave your story behind. People can read it. I'll be dead and gone, and somebody could still learn who I was from birth to, you know, to now, at least. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I feel like I've experienced a lot of things that most people ha- haven't got to experience. And a lot of people ask me, you know, it's no different than the conversation that we've had tonight. That's, yeah. This conversation is basically, if you read my book, it's a more in depth version of this conversation. You know what I'm saying? So so it's an actual, an act, I haven't read it, and, and, and I'm, I'm
3: going to. Um, it's an actual autobiography. It's, it's yeah. not like one of those that just have pictures, and it just, you know, because I read Eminem's book, and I was kind of disappointed because he
1: just had pictures and would <clears throat> explain what that picture was. No, this is an autobiography. This is from before my birth, my parents meeting and then how I came about and then my entire upbringing and then how, you know, like people want, people always, a lot of people want to know, like, how did you wind up doing what you do? The book tells that, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. I love that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, And it tells, it touches on, uh, a little bit of the TV show and the Warner stuff and the, you know, it touches on a lot of that stuff, but it's really, it's it's really more of the things that like you didn't, maybe you didn't see, you know what I'm saying? With that, sure. but it doesn't, uh, it's very classy. You know what I'm saying? I just did the audio book this week. I just finished recording it actually last night and, uh, reading it out loud. It was a lot, it is, is a lot different than just skimming through the pages. You know what I'm saying? Which I had skimmed the pages after we got the final book, you know, like the actual printed hardback book. Skim through it, that's one thing. But, like, to sit and read it out loud, man, it's a really good story. And uh, and it's written really well. Um, I had a a co-writer that kind of, like, interviewed me for two and a half years and gathered all the information and then wrote it down in kind of like like a, like a five hundred page you know uh, paper. And then me and my me and my girlfriend we went through it and she rewrote it as an actual like story. So it was it was all done right here and and at the at the house and the property and at uh, country ranch. Yep, yep, right here in the old country kitchen studio. I I, love I, it. I'm sorry of nerd out on you, man. I I'm a <laughs> kind of nerd out on you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, man, the book is great and it you know, it does have a lot of really good photos in it. Um and it's it's under I think it's right at two hundred pages. Um and it's it's written uh very easy to read. It's written at like a seventh grade reading level. Right. So so everybody in Tennessee can read it. <laughs> um <laughs> nah uh, Alabama really <laughs>
4: Mississippi um, <but. laughs> man
1: nah it's just it's written so you know it th- that it can be read real easy and some people that have read it that do read books they're like man I burned through that book in like two hours and I'm like good right. you know that's all the time I really want to take up of, out of your life it's like a couple of hours like here's my story boom
2: damn well, I I've gotta get it now
1: I gotta do it. Yeah, it's you can get it. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on books, uh, Barnes and Noble. There's an ebook okay. of it that's out. Uh, whatever I ebook.
2: What's the name? Apple iBook.
1: It? I- uh, it's called My Life in a Jar. The uh,
4: book of
3: Smoke.
1: The book of Smoke. I love it. Yep. it so, 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 so is
3: that kind of like a play on words to like grassroots? Because remember the album
1: Grassroots had like you holding like a mason jar. Right. Yeah. It's got a mason jar on the cover. that. Okay. So, yeah, it, you'll you'll like it, man. When you when you look at the book, and then you look at the new album side by yeah. side, it's beautiful.
4: Oh, like exciting. the
1: concept is, good. it's just fucking amazing. And the new album, man, is like if you haven't wrapped your ears around that, um, the new album, this one's for you. Is it's it's right there with country living, man. It's yeah, it's right I'm, there.
3: I would say if if you were going to go listen to just one song from that, my favorite would be like Ready to Fly. So like I would say, go listen to that one first, my favorite,
1: <laughs> and go back and listen to the other album. But yeah, yeah awesome. that's cool. I'm glad that's that's one that stuck out to you. That's not one that – see, it's cool to hear that because to me, it feels like Ready to Fly would be something that maybe might be somebody's like number three or number four favorite. You know what I'm right. saying? So that's that's yeah, good to hear. You know who else's favorite song that is?
4: Ooh.
3: Uh
1: no. My mom. Oh no. Nice. Your mom. She loves Your
3: mom. Your mom. Is she um is she was she, is she your real business manager in real life or was that just for like the show?
1: No, that was just that was just for the show. And you know anybody around that, okay Yeah, anybody that really paid attention would have known that she wasn't a business manager. She was just my like where I kept my cash at. You know, so, okay. <laughs> right. I just took her all the cash and gave her cash. But, you know, I had my, my actual business manager was on the show, uh, right. my manager that I had at the time. And then my accountant or my, or my business manager. So yeah, no, my mom, she's just, uh, you know, she's just the, the number one homie, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's how it is in Tennessee, man. Our mom's just yeah. number one. Um, yeah, always. So I want to ask you, and Hodge I saw a lot of questions about the different things you've done over the years. Um, there's no no question that you're a, a recognizable person. Just even if you're not doing music and you're not writing, you're not doing, um, you know, all the stuff you're doing, just you stand out for sure. But add that with everything you've done, and having a name now and having found success and you have a following, I wonder how you, um, balance your personal life with, um, this, uh, love you get from the fans. And also I'm wondering, you know, you have daughter's, they were on the show. Um, how did they cope with it with everybody knowing their names all of a sudden, you know,
1: and having fans as well? Well, they were, my daughters are real hip to the lifestyle. So okay. they knew that any kind of attention that they got from the TV show wasn't real, right. you know, for them, they were, they weren't even themselves. If you ask them, they would tell you that they were playing a character on the TV show because oh, okay. we had like a real, a real educational talk before we got into that about how none of this is real. That's smart. You know what I'm saying? We were like, look, even though it's our real life and it's our real home and it's our real friends and our real family, what people are going to see is going to be a Hollywood makeup version of that. So don't think that that's your real life that you see on TV. So they knew that before we even started. So they didn't fall victim to, like, Friends, You know what I'm saying? If anything, it just kept them on their toes more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like they were, they were more of like, if new people came around them at school, they would be like, yeah, they wouldn't say it, but they'd be like, well, these people are clearly just trying to be my friend because of the TV show. But they, they've been, they've been going, (laughs) it, it wasn't really a problem for them because they've been going to the same school since they were in kindergarten oh,
4: wow. it a k through,
1: it's, a, it's like a k through 12 so for them like the the kids that they grew up with they've been knowing since they were like five years old so by the time they were on the tv show all of their friends were genuine friends
3: mm-hmm. and right. you they know they saying knew. people
1: that yeah that they already knew so nobody really treated them different they were just like blown away that we were like us country folk out here in the middle of nowhere were on TV, you know, and we, we incorporated the school, like, you know, the the school was real supportive, you know what I'm saying? With my kids and everything. Uh, and, you know, we filmed my daughter going to her first dance and stuff. So we, we had a lot of school oriented things because that's what was really going on in their life. You know what I'm saying? So to keep it as real as possible, that's what we did. We just, she had a school dance coming up and we were like, all right, we're going to make this part of the story. So I wrote it in, and, you know, that's what it was. So the reality show, not to just stick on it. Cause yeah, I do fucking hate talking about it, but it is a, a big accomplishment for me. And I am very proud of how real we were able to keep the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. Like it's, if, and if you ever film television or if you ever get to see, behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying? Even something that's unscripted. Once you have to film that more than once, once they're like, okay, that was good, but let's do that again and this time like emotionally, let me get yeah. some excitement. And then you gotta say the same thing again, like, Man, I can't wait till we get to open for Leonard Skinner. <laughs> well now now that has become mentally scripted. So right. it's like, you know, when you have to repeat yourself Now that does become in your mind, something that's scripted, but we never had script, you know, we never had lines that we read and, you know, we were like, okay, we got to walk in and say this, you know, we just said, here's the situation action. And then we walk in and be like, Hey, what's going on? y'all?" You know? And then it would be, that's what it was. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was, it was just a, you know, it was really cool to be able to do that shit. And I'm, I'm, as, as difficult as it was and as, like, trying as it was and stressful and shit, I wouldn't change a thing about it because I learned so much from doing that TV show, not only about TV and production, but, man, I learned a lot about myself, you
4: know.
2: I love that. Yeah. And, and I love that you sat your daughters down and had that talk with them. You know, that definitely helps, I think, it um, helps them to keep uh, straight head on their shoulders because it's easy, especially for young people, once they see the lights and, you know, and then they go to school and then see people that weren't friends before all of a sudden want to be friends. It's easy to get caught up in that and to have parents sit them down and explain, you know, hey, it's yeah, that's, what it is. I mean, that's a
1: mindfuck. That's a mindfuck for a teenager, man. Like, real. acceptance and attention is like, it's like a drug. For, yeah, that's why, for that's why
2: all these child stars do get fucked up in life. Once it is, I mean, it is because
1: nobody's built for this shit, man. Like nobody like record record executives, television network executives, production managers. These people will chew you up and spit you out because at the end of the day, they don't give a fuck about you. They give a fuck about a finished product. Yeah, it's you just know the I'm money, saying?
2: man. You, you, All you are, you're just a conduit for the money. That's all you that's are. That's it. And
1: once you realize that, that's when, and this goes back to our conversation earlier, once you realize that you're just being used to, to be a conduit, to make more money for other people, that's when you start realizing that money's not the best thing to be focused on.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like I promise you when they say more money, more problems, that was a motherfucker with some money that said that. <laughs>
4: that. wasn't. Let me tell
1: you, that wasn't some broke-ass motherfucker that came up with that. That was somebody that had a lot of bread, and they were like, man, I can't wait to be rich because life is going to be perfect. And then they got a bunch of money, and it was the worst thing ever. Right. Man. I mean, it really is, man. Like, And I ain't never had no stupid money, thank God. But just whenever I saw a little bit of successful money I was and I watched how many people snarled and growled and scratched for it. You know what I'm saying? I watched. I mean, I've been done dirty by my by management and all kinds of people, man. And like, it's all been because of money. And when you see yeah. that, when hey, you see that.
2: That's what I tell people. I say there's only two things in this world that has the power to kill to destroy it to um, and people die for it. People kill for it. People betray you for it. It's pussy and money. It's only two things. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. That's
1: it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely money. And I would just encourage like anybody that's listening, man, just like, you know, give it some thought, <laughs> you know, like we all got bills to pay. I get it. And we always want to be comfortable I get it, but some of these things, man, are just not necessary. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like some people are 100%. just out here they're overdoing it, you know. And one day they're gonna wake up and they're gonna realize that all this stuff doesn't matter. And the things that they could have done with their money to make a difference in keep other people's lives is the kind of thing that lasts forever. So Like, it's not a bad thing to work hard and get money. It's really, like, what you do with your money that makes you who you are. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not the money that makes you. It's what you do with it. That's it. Right.
2: That's it. And a lot of people, their inner character is revealed once they get a little bit of it, you know? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you, though, are you able to, like, just go out and be chill out in public? Or do you have to, like... You know, keep your distance because of who
1: you are. No, I go out and do whatever. I don't care. If somebody recognizes me, I encourage them to come up to me and talk to me. I I go to Walmart. I can't get out of there for an hour and a half because I bump into everybody. Uh. They're like, hey, what's up, mom? I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are y'all up to? Because I'd be high anyway. So if you catch me at Walmart, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be like, hey, what's up, man? What y'all up I love to? And they're like, right. ah, you know. So I'm just a real, like, people person. And there's usually enough to talk about, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is, like, I really like to talk to people. There's not enough person-to-person communication going on in the world anymore. Everybody's fucking texting. That's it. And... And going, you know, it's like fucking you got to go face to face over a cell phone. You can't get the the, there's no there's an algorithm that you can't get unless you're face to face with someone. You know what I'm saying? And I really like I really like personal, personal conversations. You know what I'm saying? Face to face. I like to feel the emotion of the conversation. So I don't mind going out and talking to people. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother you. People recognize me all the time. The only thing that I don't like is whenever I'm eating dinner with my family and somebody comes up and says, man, I don't want to bother you. But, uh, and then I look at them and say, but you just did. And they're like, yeah. oh, shit. And I'm like, yeah, walk away. Uh, <laughs> it's like you see, you see me eating with my family here, fucked off for like 30 minutes. When you see me going to pay for the bill, Hit me up or meet me outside and just say hi. But, like, don't come up yeah. and interrupt me while we're ordering fucking cheese dip, man. I want this cheese dip. Yeah, yeah you don't want yeah. you to spit all up in it, your it, food it, and spit off in your fingers. Yeah, face. I want to. Like, I'm, I got this cheese dip. Gee, I don't want you at my table right now. <laughs> Wait I'm done. You can get a handshake with a cheese dip on my fingers.
2: Man, that's the rule I follow. Yeah. That's the rule I follow. If I ever see somebody out that, uh, you know, I want to. Say hi to, or get a picture with it, whatever. And, and I got this from Bobby Bones, my dude Bobby Bones. That if yeah, if they're with, hero, if they're eating, or if they're with their family, you know, um, it's best to let them be, leave them alone. <laughs> yep. But other than that, you know, as long as I mean, you can tell usually That's somebody's it. pissed off, or somebody's just not in the mood. Then you probably should leave them
1: alone. Yeah. Yeah, if I can read your body language and you got fuck off written all over your face, I'm not fixing to stop you in your path.
2: I'm going hey, to get a keep picture walking.
1: while you are pissing off, man. <laughs> yeah. But if you're but if you look like life is good, like because I know sometimes I need to hear from somebody like, "Hey man, I really appreciate your music. It got me through some really hard times in my life." Right. And you know what I'm saying? Because of you, I've been able to turn my life around and I'm doing really good. Now there's days when I need to hear that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm having a terrible fucking day and I need to be reminded that I do good things for people out here in the world. So like I encourage people to stop me. No
2: doubt. Man, I love that. Uh, Your genuineness, man. Genuine and realness I think that uh, is something That's missing Not just from people in the know But just period in life Life is Because of social media I think Social media yeah. And because everybody has a voice now On the internet That um, life is filled with uh, Contrived emotion Fake um, perceptions and, and people trying to be Stuffed are not And the fact that you are able to Stay real, stay who you are, and at the same time present that to the world in your art and still be able to be cool enough that, you know, you recognize people that appreciate you and you appreciate them for appreciating you. All right, kudos to you, man, because that is uh, a rarity.
1: That is that success that we talked about. It's just been what I've been working towards. You know what I'm saying? Right. Full circle of happiness. Good life experiences, no toxic people. And you know what? If people would just exercise the golden rule a little bit more Mm -hmm. day-to-day, humanity might be a smidge better because I guarantee you people that are out here doing stupid shit to people, they don't want stupid shit done to them. Mm -hmm. No. I try to preach the golden rule, and that's about the only book. That's about the only rule in my book. You know what I'm saying? Do unto others as you have them do unto you, and everything's gonna be Gucci.
2: Uh, that's the best word, 100%. man. I mean, don't matter. It doesn't matter what any what it, it doesn't matter what you believe in life, what your philosophy, religion, anybody ascribes to. That's the core of humanity, and if you do that to others, treat them the way you want them to. Do, to treat you, you treat others the way you want to be treated. Um, yeah, I mean that's just common courtesy of living, sharing space with someone yeah. else on this planet. And if you do that, people would do that, be more mindful of that. You're right, man. There'll be a lot more peace, a lot less fighting, a lot less yeah. bitching, a lot less uh, beef, and people would actually re- uh, uh, be able to live in harmony.
1: Hey, we might actually fucking get somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Instead of right. we walking in, instead of walking in these dumbass circles but people's focus just isn't where it needs to be. You know what I'm saying?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not my job to fix that. It's just my job to fix that in me. So that's all I can do is address those things in my own self, try to fix where my flaws are, and maybe it becomes contagious and people pick up, you know?
2: Yeah, that's it. Uh, people know people this. they'll they'll notice um, and people are hungry for something real because the fake has dominated for too long. And so, yeah, they notice and people can't deny it. You know, they can't deny what they see. Maybe at first they question it, but when they see it's consistent, consistency is everything. And once they see it's consistent, man, that's when they're drawn to it, you know?
1: Yeah. And that it's real. You know what I'm saying, right? Some things you just can't fake, you know. Not at all, Hodge. Jump in here,
3: man. I'm good. I'm just, I'm just worried that I don't slow to miss anything because we went over an hour.
1: <laughs> oh no, it's all good. I'm, I'm sitting here working the grill. I'm about to go in and have dinner. What you uh, have? With grilled chicken and vegetables. That's, nice. that's my staple. You know what I'm saying? Nice. After my. After my heart surgery, yeah. I've been doing uh, – that's why I dropped the big and just stick with the small. I've lost 100 pounds the past yeah. years, four years. Thanks. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Congrats, man. Hell yes. Trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle, you know what I'm saying, and uh, and just keep everything positive, keep everything moving. So um, I want everybody, you know, to go and check out the album. Uh, yep. I want everybody to go check out the book if you are interested in coming and seeing a show, I don't have many books throughout the rest of the year. Cause I don't work as much towards the end of the year. I take time off and go on vacation and enjoy life. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but go to my website, the real big go to the store, check out the swag that I got. We got new shirts, keychains, beach balls, hats, all kinds of weird shit. Hmm. Um, the, the new album's got some great features on it. I got uh, DJ Paul from 3 Six Mafia. Nice. I got Afro Man. Got Colt Ford, Lenny Cooper, Cypress Springs, Tommy Chain. Uh, my good friend and the producer of this record, David Ray. Damn. Um, from, I, from Eye for an Eye. He's on several of the tracks uh, with me. And it's just like a real positive album. Now,
4: no, get I, it I don't want to
1: interrupt you. I don't want to interrupt you, but I got a
3: quick question. You said Cypress Spring. you talking about Tyler Ackerman? Yeah, Tyler. Tyler, That's my a- boy. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: my boy. He's, he's in my pocket. Cool dude. My boy. Oh, well, shit. He's going to be with me tomorrow. He's flying in from really? Ohio. And uh, yeah, he's going to hop in with me in the bus, and we're going to drive down to Georgia and meet uh, Tommy and Kalen there, and we're going to shoot the video for My Neck of the Woods which is featuring Tommy Chang you're also with uh, one of my other buds one of my good friends, Ryan Upchurch oh yeah, yeah man he just dropped his new album, shout out to Upchurch yeah, uh, pretty good man, been on my podcast as well, we're we're good friends (laughs) yeah man, great great people Damn,
2: Great man, I got I got I got Smo's biggest fan on the line with me, dude. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't know he was going to no, be a, all geeked out over
1: you. No, it's a beautiful thing, man. Knowledge is where it's at. I'm glad that he's paying attention. Hey, for real. And so, yo, where yeah, can we get the so,
2: music from?
1: Uh, you know, I would encourage uh, people to go to my website. You can buy the album there. Okay. Um, you can get it at Walmart some Walmarts it's supposed to be in like a bunch of them, but it wasn't in my Walmart in my hometown. Mine so. either. Mine either. <laughs> yeah, Walmart is on some bullshit. I don't even really know why I give a fuck about a distribution deal because it's not like the shit gets distributed right. Right. So, right. you know, it's at some select hidden fucking Walmart. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I listen to Spotify. Uh, it's yeah. on Spotify, you know, if you subscribe to that. Um, a lot of people listen on YouTube. I don't think that they have every song on YouTube, but I know there's a few of them on there. Um, Apple Music, of course. Just wherever they got music. You just, But the thing is, you got to look it up under SMO. All right, there you have
2: it, folks. Not- that's therealbigsmo.com.
1: Yeah, therealbigsmo.com. Go to the store, get the CD, get the album. You can get them autographed if you buy them from the store. So, what? Well,
2: why did uh? uh why did the real? Did somebody try to get Big Smo or something,
1: or were you just? That's wondering? a that's a real funny story. Um, I'll, I'll give you the quick version. Okay. Uh, back in two thousand and ten, whenever I first met Brahma Bull and. Jackie Strickland, Bottleneck, they drove up from Florida. They were double wide back then. And they drove up from Florida to do a record with me. And they brought a guy, uh, the guy that owns the Hick Life Clothing Company, Sean Morris. Uh-huh. Now, that petty motherfucker, while he was here at my farm, asked me if I had digsmo.com uh, yet. And I was like, no, nah, I haven't bought it yet. And he uh, turned around at that very uh, second, bought my .dot com while he was on my property out from under me, nah, fuck and that, then tried dude. to sell it, and then tried to sell it to me for thirty thousand dollars. So uh, fuck told him that. to suck Man. a whole dick, and then I bought the real big smoke because there is only one. Man, that's
2: fucked up. <laughs> well, that's it. You're people.
1: I don't know. Hey, I hate to put somebody out on blast like that, but when you do fucked up shit, people need to know yeah. about it. Which right. is why I don't perform the song Hick Life or that I I don't promote promote that clothing line because it's owned by a fuckboy. Okay. Oh, damn, man.
2: <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad that uh, you were able to recognize it before he got you. That's <laughs> true.
1: Yeah, no, nah, it's all good. You know what I'm saying. You learn like that. You know what I'm saying. Right. That was one of them early lessons that I learned. That you know, a lot of the times when people are asking you questions, they're asking for different reasons. They're yeah, not asking it. because they they're not asking because they give a shit to know. They're asking because right. they're trying to steal your blueprint. So. Right.
2: Right. They want to know how they can <laughs> fuck you over. That's it.
1: Well, got to be careful out here. Careful. Yeah. But yeah, man, I appreciate everything, guys. Uh, I'd love to be back on your show anytime uh just give me a shout and let's make it happen i really appreciate all the love man Yeah, for
2: real thank you for uh coming appreciate on you, and we would definitely um i hopefully have you back on some other time and folks big shrimp d hodge and Smo, y'all keep it breathing hey, and uh have a good day until next time we're signing off
0: This podcast is brought to you by HodgePodge
3: Productions.